Welcome to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal. We examine things like habits of entrepreneurs, emerging trends, financing, marketing, where to get help, even how to get started on your own. By the way, I love hearing from small business owners and employees. Let's talk about your business. Send me an email at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Today's stories, people launching cannabis businesses in their 60s and losing friends at the office when you're promoted. Those stories after this. Owning your own business can be so rewarding, but also really lonely and stressful. If you don't have anyone to consult with, it's hard to know if you're making the right decisions. That's why you need the Alternative Board, also known as TAB, a group of business owners and experts in your area that you can turn to for advice. TAB has been helping owners and CEOs of privately held businesses for close to 30 years with their business owner advisory boards. Each board is made up of up to 10 local non-competing business leaders. You meet together for four hours each month to discuss business issues and opportunities. You'll get valuable feedback and support, plus coaching between meetings. Having a TAB membership can make a huge difference for your business. Members report better work-life balance and a greater ability to deal with day-to-day operations. Plus, a TAB survey showed that their members surpassed the average sales revenues of privately held businesses by two and a half times. Learn more about getting matched to The Alternative Board near you at my special website, thealternativeboard.com dot com slash your money now go now and you'll also receive an ebook on 25 timeless principles of exceptional businesses usually 1695 but my listeners get it for free get started today at the alternative board.com slash your money now while seniors may be in the minority of movers and shakers in the cannabis world Observers say more and more older people are entering the industry from the c-suite all the way down to the retail level where some dispensaries, especially those with an older clientele, are hiring older salespeople. And Katie Hill, editor at MarketWatch, says older people may just be what the budding industry needs to grow. Katie, explain. Well, so obviously the minority of people in this cannabis business are um, are older, right? Most people are in their you know twenties, thirties, forties. But I talk to a few people in their late fifties, early mid sixties who had started cannabis businesses and were loving it. Um, this one woman, she um, started a medical marijuana dispensary in New York, and she um, got her two daughters involved in it, which was really cool. And she just said, you know, it, she was laughing because. Um, she said, you know, my experience from, she ran a foundation, she did a bunch of other things, but she was saying, you know, having all that business experience is really helping her in the cannabis business. And now she's kind of an advisor to younger people, a bunch of whom just call her mom. So I just thought, you know, this is really cute. Another guy who's invested in 50 marijuana businesses, this is his encore career. He decided, hey, I'm going to get involved in the cannabis business. He's got, you know, products and he's got um, marijuana products, CBD skincare, a whole bunch of things. But yeah, I mean, we when you talk to experts who study this industry, they say they're seeing more and more older people starting to do either encore careers or just switching careers um, into this business because it's growing really, really fast. What are those growth numbers? Yeah, well, it's it's already quite, it's already a very big industry, right? So um, spending on legal cannabis, just legal cannabis alone, um, projected to hit $17 billion this year. By 2022, it'll hit $31 billion. So that's a big, big jump that we're, that's being predicted. Um, and that's just the legal cannabis. I mean, you, you look at these numbers and you see most people are projecting major, major growth. Um, 
And one of the interesting things I thought in writing this story was that a lot of the people who were older in the business said, you know, we're going to start to see more and more of our consumer base being older because they're often the people who are most likely to have the health issues that uh, legal cannabis can kind of help with. Um, and I looked at this. There was, let me find this stat. It was so interesting. Um, something like 55% of older people have a condition that could possibly be treated with um, with medical marijuana. Not that they're taking it, but that they have a condition that could be eased by that. Wow. That's, yeah. a, that's an enormous figure, especially what what's the number? Yeah. Like 10,000 people who are yeah. of baby boom age retire per day, right? That's like another yeah. 10,000 almost customers entering the market all the time. That's right. I mean, and they're not those fifty five percent. Not all, not all of them take medical marijuana. Yeah, it's like yeah. a very, very small part of it. But the fact that they that many people have some kind of chronic condition that could be treated with it means there is such potential in that market. And these older people who are in it said, "You know what? We're looking at that. We know that this is going to be a thing." I mean, there's already like a couple of retirement communities I saw that had vans that took some of their older, you know, members to um, a medical marijuana dispensary. I mean, people are starting to discover this um, a little bit. You know, the, the, this isn't in my story, but the woman I talked to um, who started a medical marijuana dispensary, she did it because her mom had ALS, and they were giving her so many medications, and they were all interacting with each other, with each other. and she finally discovered medical marijuana for her mom, and she really thought it helped, and she said, this is my calling, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. We're speaking with Katie Hill, editor at MarketWatch. She's written a piece entitled, They're Over 60, Selling Marijuana, and Say It's Pretty Damn Cool. It's a look at seniors who've gotten into the marijuana industry legally. Uh, and, and these folks, these baby boomers, have money to spend. So although they're the minority of people consuming um, legal medical marijuana, they, I mean, they're, it's a fast growing. So the, the number of boomers consuming it grew 25% over 2018. And um, they're also, when they do spend it on it, they're the biggest spenders by a fairly wide margin, um, dropping about $95 a month on legal cannabis um, per person. So that's quite a bit more than, I think it's 53% more than the Gen Z do so when they do get into it they put money towards towards it so you know there's you, you can see that there is certainly potential here even if they are still the smallest um, group of consumers of this right anything too not e- not even every state and I'll say yet has made it legal that's right. Uh, so no, that that, that's, that's completely right. Yeah. Like there, there just could be. I mean, we don't know where these things are going to go, right? But there just could be huge, huge um, growth in in the market, um, and then that's certainly what people are predicting. And more states might adopt these laws, and you know, and the fact that they can really, um, in some ways, more benefit these older people than anyone because they're more likely to have these chronic conditions that medical marijuana can help with is just something to watch. I think. Thanks, Katie. Katie Hill, editor at Market Watch. More after this. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. GEICO could help you get great coverage at a great price, and it only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today and see how much you could save. Getting promoted to management brings some welcome benefits from higher pay and perks to elevated status, and the congratulations are over. However, or when they are, Many new bosses ponder a more subtle change. Why don't I have friends at the office anymore? Here's help from Wall Street Journal columnist Sue Schellenbarger. Sue, what are you hearing? 
Well, I hear from so many newly minted managers that they uh, everything's fine and good and challenging, but they look around and they don't have any friends anymore at the office. And this blindsides a lot of young managers and supervisors. They don't expect it, and it really uh, involves some really subtle shifts in your relationships with your peers. All right, so did you say, too, that part of this is tied to the fact that millennials are on like a faster promotion track than, say, uh, the Gen Xers? Any previous generation. I found this fascinating. The conference board did a very deep study with a couple of other organizations of 14 big employers, and they found that the managers under their early 30s, 20s and early 30s, were being promoted at twice the rate of preceding generations. Um, They're very ambitious, and of course there's a lot of growth going on. And uh, that puts them in face-to-face with this kind of problem more often. Uh, some interesting uh, anecdotes in the story, right, of a uh, <laughs> guy, guy gets promoted, and then he, the next day he's like, well, we're still on for happy hour, right? And he watches his whole gang just you know, drive away while he's still in the office. That's tough. Yeah, he had a clear view. They left for lunch without him. All of a sudden his whole social life just dried up. It, was pretty, it can be pretty jarring, especially if, as for many young workers, your social life revolves around the office. So what do you do then? <laughs> well, it's step back and think about what you've gained. I think one of the most effective prescriptions I heard from people who've been through this is just appreciate that you now got this new power and status. So make some more friends above you in the organization. Network outside. Meet some industry contacts. Use the opportunity to uh, to strengthen your network and your in-house relationships. And also, it's important to preserve what you want to keep about your peer friendships. Um, one uh, advisor suggested meeting with friends you really do value and saying, look, you know, our relationship is going to change now. I, we can't go out to lunch every day anymore, but I really value the feedback you give me, and I hope we can ha- still have some of these talks. Um, just to really put it out there and not just kind of, you know, slink around and, and watch each other. That'll work with uh, some folks, I guess, but there are those who perhaps were passed over for that promotion, right, that, that'll feel awkward about it or hurt. It's a whole new layer of office politics, and many managers do feel the sort of sudden hostility from people who either were passed over or or who weren't even in the running but feel powerless. A lot of people do have trouble with authority, and if you all of a sudden step into a position of authority, you may find them really kind of cold. It takes time to build a different kind of relationship with people like that. It takes time for people to get over being passed over, but it can happen. Mm. We're speaking with Sue Schellenbarger, Wall Street Journal columnist, about her piece entitled When a Promotion Means Losing Friends at Work. Uh, sometimes I feel like uh, your new colleagues might not even be helpful, right? Well, there's a woman from, I think, HGTV, right? She gets the promotion, and then her, her new managerial peer wouldn't even give her any credit or respect. It's really a revelation. This woman had risen uh, to the level of... Uh, uh, guy who just wouldn't give her the time of day. She bent over backward to try to build a relationship with him, even using the tried and true tactic of asking him for advice in his areas of strength, a kind of honest flattery. She really did respect his work in this area, but he just, uh, he barely warmed up at all um, and was pretty hostile in an overt way. This is what happens when you're dealing with power in the office, and you have to realize it wasn't invented by you and you didn't cause it. These people brought these issues to work with Mm. them, and you just kind of have to be uh, be calm about it. One of the uh, issues on your don't list when it comes to making these adjustments is uh, don't try to look as if you know all the answers and appear strong at all times, but a, but a tough balance, right? It's tough 
the skills that got you that promotion aren't the ones that are going to make you a success as a manager. Right. You really need to uh, avoid appearing you know, arrogant and overconfident. The skills that will make you a good manager are more in the neighborhood of developing your subordinates, inspiring them, managing change. These are things you have to learn anew, and uh, it's, it's really important to understand it's a whole new ballgame. Is that the biggest mistake that new managers make? I think it is. Uh, many of them think that the same skills that got them the promotion will make them a success in their new role, and they muddle along maybe as long as six months to a year before they figure out that uh, the rules have changed. Wow. Very good. Uh, what else you want to toss in? Anything else that struck you? It's, a, it's, it's tough, too, because many employers don't give training in these areas. Uh, new managers are often trained on complying with anti-discrimination law, anti-harassment policies, mm-hmm. but they're not taught how to motivate a team or, or bring teamwork up to a higher level. And um, there might be given access to off-the-shelf courses, but many new managers say, I just don't have time to take that. So training at this level is a real issue, and uh, managers need to seek it out for themselves. Thanks, Sue. Wall Street Journal columnist Sue Schellenbarger. Reminder, by the way, the Small Business Report is found on our website, which is This Morning with GordonDeal.com. That's also where you can hear our daily news program called This Morning, America's First News. Again, if you'd like to share your small business story, I'd like to hear it. You can send me an email at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal. 